Hey, what is going on, Devil fans? It is your buddy Billy Botch over here at the Trap Podcast, and we have a, an episode for you today. It's November 21st at 6 p.m., and we have the pickle in the building along with our buddy Patty Shambro. Gentlemen, how are we doing on this Tuesday evening? What's going on, Bill? What's up, Pickle? Hey, hey Bill. What's going on, Patty? Um, we'll, we'll get right into it. The, the news of the day was the Ring of Honor um, introductee or uh, the guy who's going to be put into the Ring of Honor was disclosed today in a really cool video that the New Jersey Devils put together. And it is our boy, Sarge. Sergey Breeland ends up uh, is going to not have his number retired, but is going to be put in a special place with only Dr. John McMullen, who brought the team to New Jersey in 1982. Um, we had talked about people that we thought it could be once they announced that they were going to introduce people, which I think this is going to be something that regularly happens because the Devils do have a pretty long lineage of players who played for their team for a very long time and who were important pieces of three championships, or even you look at a guy like a Lou Lamorello, who I understand a lot of you guys who watch hockey now know that Luke or uh, Lou may have fallen behind the times and is on his last leg. And I, I couldn't argue that point, but for a long time, Lou Lamorello was regarded as one of the best general managers in all of sports. And I think that he will eventually go down as one of the greatest general managers in the history of North American sports. With that said, we, we talked about, you know, a guy like Doc Emmerich could easily be part of this uh, ring of honor. And then there's other players. And like somebody brought up to you, Patty today online, I saw like a guy like Travis Zajac or, um, and you could go down the line, but, you know, Sergey Breland was the only devil whose number isn't retired that has won all, that won all three Stanley Cups with the, the rest of those guys. And he's been with the team for a long time now. He started in 1994-95, and he's been involved in the coaching side of it. And he played almost 14 years as a player pretty impressive legacy. I mean, Patty, when you think of Sergey Breland, like what comes to your mind? What is, uh, what jumps off the page to you when, when it, you bring his name up? Uh, to me, to me, Sergey Breland epitomizes everything. What being a New Jersey devil is all about. He, he was the choice besides a guy like Lou Lamorello. Uh, we had me, the two, three of us had talked about this on opening night out on Edison Place, we're you know going back and forth on who we thought it was going to be. You guys both said Sergey Breland. Uh, I did not think it was going to be Sergey, but um, the more today, as uh, all these posts come out, the way the players currently in the locker room think of Sergey, um, it was the perfect choice, and I think it's going to be a wonderful night for New Jersey Devil fans. And uh, it's nice that uh, they're finally uh, putting another name up there next to Doctor McMullen. Yeah, Dad, what about you? I mean, when you think of Sergey Breland and you remember his game and how he played, I mean, is there anything that you have to uh, add to the to the Breland legacy? Yeah, it's like tenacity. I mean, the guy was just, you know, he, did, he wasn't the biggest in stature. He was just, you know, the guy, he was all heart. 
and thinking about coming over from Russia and, you know, joining the Devils and then never leaving. He's been here forever. I think Chico's probably the only person that's been here longer. Um, winning all three cups. I mean, the guys, he's got, he deserves it. He deserves it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Breland is toughness. I mean, there is nobody that is tougher than him. He was, he got lit up a lot. He put himself in some very, you know, how we talk about Nico Heischer, he puts himself in vulnerable situations. Um, and he does that because he doesn't know how to play any other kind of game. He has to, he wants to be in there. He wants to go after every loose puck. He wants to win every board battle. Sergey Breland took some huge hits and continued to pick himself up off the mat and get right back out there. He played four full seasons without uh, missing a game towards the end of his career, which I thought was impressive. Um, and he played over 765 games for the Devils. He was um, an integral part of the playoff success that the Devils had. And um, I'm really happy for him. He's a guy that we thought might see an opportunity behind the bench with the team coming into the season. He got promoted from Utica and uh, he just is like such a, for how long did the devils have these guys that were, they were glue guys. They were heart and soul. They did all, they were lunch pail guys. You had the guys like John Madden and you had Jay Pandolfo and Travis Zajac and you could go down the line. It's an endless amount. There's certain players that are just devils. You know what I mean? Those are devil type players. And, um, He's one of those dudes, and and to see him respected, and people people bitch and complain about his, maybe his his numbers should be retired. There's a certain level of you have to be an otherworldly, legendary type player for no one to be able to wear that number again. And you look at teams like the New York Yankees. And the New York Yankees got into this habit of retiring everybody's number, you know. <laughs> to where they're running out of numbers, literally. And I understand that they've won 27 championships or whatever it is, and they've been around and they have an historic franchise. There is no doubt about it. But when you have that num many numbers retired, it kind of takes away from the real legends of the game. And um, I think that they handled this correctly, actually. I think this was, this was well done. You know, you, someone brought up Travis Zajac, and you think that Travis Zajac's number is going to be retired. And and I thought you handled it pretty perfectly, Patty. Like Travis Zajac is an all-time devil, no doubt about it. He was a heart and soul guy. He would throw he would throw fists if he had to. He was a guy that just knew when to do certain things. He was a role he was a role player, but he was a leader. He dominated Sidney Crosby for you know it was he had this situation where he was the guy that was on Sidney Crosby every game for you know over a decade. And, um, but he's not worthy of Jersey retirement. No, the five, the no. five guys that are in our rafters are the new Jersey devils. They are, they are the greatest players in our history and they deserve that honor. They're the, the guys that we're talking about, like Travis Ajax, Sergey, um, even for me, like I'm a, I believe John McClain should have his day at the Prudential center. He, he doesn't deserve it. It's those five numbers are the only numbers that are that are worthy 
of being up there right now. And that doesn't take away anything from the other guys. It's just that nothing. It's just that Scotty Stevens, Danico, Patty Eliash, Niedermeyer, those guys represent everything about greatness that is the New Jersey Devils. And there shouldn't be anybody else up there. The next time we hang we hang a number will hopefully be Nico Heischer or Jack Hughes. Yeah, for sure. I think I think Jack Hughes is pretty much a shoe in now, so long as he wow. can stay healthy and play for for a long well, time. He's well, just well, he's, let's, you don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, not, let's let's not get nuts. Let's wait till that's we're not retiring the guy's let's number. Let's wait till yet. we get to that second contract. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like you look at guys like Scott Gomez and stuff. They leave and go to the Rangers, and that automatically yeah. takes you out of that situation. Oh, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Like a guy absolutely. like Bobby Holik, probably if he stayed a devil, he, his number would be up there. But his know, neighbor, right, right. yeah, uh, I, I agree. Bobby Bobby Holik, I think you're actually right. Like John McClain to me is one of the most important devils of all time. And to me, that's who I thought they were going to do. I, I I did think that's who it was going to be this year. Um, I think I said to you guys that you know the only guy that actually is you know, that has as much meaning to the devil's organization um, besides Dr. McMullen would be Lou, but we can't do Lou yet. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think John McClain left a little bit of sour taste in everybody's mouth that one year he came and, you know, it was disastrous when he came back as head coach. But, you know, I think a lot of people forget that John McClain was our all time points leader for a very, very long time. Uh, for most of yeah. our history, he was our all-time points leader. Um, and I really uh, hope he gets his day at the Prudential Center because he quite honestly deserves it. And uh, it's really nice to see the Devils taking this step and beginning to honor their history besides, you know, the big guys, you know? Yeah, you know what's crazy to me is, like, I've you have to re- remember that the Devils aren't necessarily such a young organization anymore. It's like they've been around for over – it's 41 years. And it's like for a long time, we looked at them like, you know, we were we were the new guys compared to the New York Rangers across the river and we didn't have any fans and this and that. And now we have multiple generations of people, but we also have multiple generations of players that were role players and important franchise players for our team. So I do think it's important to continue to keep the legends of the, the team from back in the day and have the new fan base understand the history of the team so that we don't become the New York Ranger fans where we don't know what the hell is going on. We, we, you know, we may not have as big of a fan base as the Rangers, rightfully so. They were around for 80 more years than us in the biggest market in the United States. But I think it's more important to have a now a knowledgeable fan base than anything else and a passionate fan base. So I mean, look at the three. Of I'm going to be right excited. Now. Look at the three of us right look now. Look at us. The three. That's that's yeah. that's that's pretty much three generations of, of uh, Jersey Devil fans right here on this podcast. And there that's, you go. that's right. Cool. I'm old Day enough. To, dinner time. I'm old enough to be your father. <laughs> Not that Patty. you're that old, but you remember. <laughs> but you, when I wasn't around for the '90s Devils, you were. Okay, that's what right. I mean. Uh, right. You know, so like one time I was on, I was on Mike Francesa. I called up and we started talking. I talked to Mike about. Uh, Lou Lamorello. And it was so funny. Like he is a really big Lou guy. And Lou is like, obviously he's Number one. Yeah, exactly. 
he's and he's like Italian and he kind of has this godfather type, you know, feel to him. And he's like, you know, you're, everyone's terrified of him and he works on his own terms and he keeps everything a secret. And he's kind of like the Don, you know what I mean? And I think it's funny how a lot of these kids and stuff think that Lou Lamorello is just like a total joke. And it's like, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. He is now. He's definitely doing a lot of bad things now. And he left the Devils in a horrible way. Um, no doubt about it. But the guy had a run where he was just picking up players forever that people would have never have known, you know, like Brian Rafolsky's like, you know, undrafted 28-year-old defenseman jumping onto the team and becoming star players. He did it time and time again. And he, there was no negotiating with Lou Lamorello. He was basically like, dude, take it or leave it. You could walk. And you've heard the stories with Patrick Eliash and, and, and even Bobby Holik and some of these other guys that were like, you know, I didn't want to leave. But Lou was just so, you know, you had to play by Lou's rules. Um, and uh, what's funny is, you know, Lou Lamorello found Arlette. Yeah, in a New York City bar, right? In a bar, right? So he, right. he he found Arlette in a bar, and Arlette's been with the team for a long time, and she sings a really good national anthem. And I told you guys that my wife made these earrings, and she was like, she she hand makes these earrings, and she was like, I want to make a pair of devil's earrings and then give them to Arlette. So I was like, all right. So I was I ran into her at a game, and I and we were like, oh, listen, my wife made you a pair of earrings, and she's like, oh, cool, and I was like. I didn't want to ask her for her address. So I was like, I'll just hit you up online and we'll send it over to you. So <laughs> we, I'm friends with her on like Instagram or, or, or whatever. So I send her an, uh, a thing and I'm like, oh, hey. And she's like, oh yeah, I remember you. So she gives me her address and then um, we send her the earrings and she's super graceful about it. And she posts on Instagram a picture of her wearing the earrings and she's, tags Adrian in it and says, you know, this is, um, this is this earring company and you could buy a pair here and stuff like that. We didn't, weren't asking her to do any of that. We just wanted to do something nice for her. Right. So today I get a text from Adrian at like two o'clock I'm working and she's like, uh, here, let me read it. William's been messaging Arlette on the computer from his computer. <laughs> My son, my my nine year old son, and I'm like working, and I'm like, wait, what? So she sends me this picture shot. So I guess like Adrian's Instagram was hooked up to my son's computer in his room. He's nine, and was going through the messages, and then got to Arlette and sent her some messages saying like. He said, uh, hi, hi, yo, right, to her. And then she wrote back, hola, thinking it was like Adrian, I'm assuming. And then he, he's writing, I'm really cool. That's what he's writing to our left. <laughs> oh, man. That's so funny. And I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? Like, William is talking to our let. He shouldn't be on social isn't media. That, isn't that funny? <laughs> So Adrian obviously hit her up and was like, oh, yeah, that's my son. He got a hold of my phone, blah, blah, blah. But it's like you can't even make this up. You know what I mean? So that was funny. I thought that that was uh, that was interesting to say the least. Um, Patty's had an interesting couple of days. 
So Patty has a Patty has a tweet that has almost a million views on it. A million. I had to turn, I had to turn my phone off. Really? Go ahead. Bring Which it. Which one go, is, tell, it? is it? Tell them the story. I almost don't even want to breathe life into it, but I've I've saw a picture on the uh, Devils Facebook group uh, of a Rangers group on the Rock Ice after the game. I saw that. And I was furious. I, I, as someone who's been going to the games, you know, like, like you guys, I've had season tickets for five years. To see that, especially after a night that we lost in a, and our building was totally taken over, it just it almost it broke my heart to a degree to see them on our ice when, in, when every year it seems like the perks for season t- ticket holders get less and less. Uh, so I was pissed, and I um, tweeted that a certain Devils – Represent ticket rep should not be allowed to do their job anymore at, at the Prudential Center, and boy did that catch fire uh, between people of all people of all walks of life. Not even Devils and Rangers fans. It was getting so much traction that I had to turn my phone off. Essentially, um, wow. uh, a lot of you know, and <laughs> it's not even. It's not even. Like I get, I knew that fans have done that, had done that in the past. Like I've seen the Islanders fans on the ice, but it never really bothered me that the, you know, I actually enjoy Islanders fans and they're fun when they come to the rock. Um, oh my God. But just the, uh, I think just the season we're having coupled with what happened on Saturday night and how many Rangers fans there were in the building on Saturday night. And I get it. Listen, I get it. Why somebody would want to sell their tickets why, if you have season tickets, why you would sell them to that, sell that game. You know, my, my tickets were going for three, for like almost four times face value. I could have sold them. Granted, I would rather set the tickets on fire than sell absolutely, them. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are sick individuals though, Pickle. Uh, most people don't think like that. And that's why our building gets swarmed. Uh, but yeah, that was a wild couple of days. Uh, and uh, to all you Rangers fans, in my mention, still going after me. Fuck you. <laughs> Once since four. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Love it. Oh, yeah. man. It's the truth. It's like to we should we should go like on a campaign of trying to get people to buy up those seats for the Ranger games. It's like you hate seeing you hate seeing that many blue shirts. Well, and, and granted, there's a lot of people like especially the Devil's Facebook group, like the the people that are in that and that group that try to keep tickets away from Rangers fans, I right. respect the hell out of, they will sell them Absolutely. There at a cheaper rate, but that's a small percentage of the fan base. You know, people are people. We live in a capitalist country. People want to make the most money and you can't really hate on them for that. Um, and if you're a Rangers fan, why wouldn't you make the trip to the rock? Sure. It's, it's 10, no, 10 15 really, minutes yeah. from your building. It's cheaper than your building. It's nicer than your building. It's easier to get to than your building. Um, really like Rangers fans are so obsessed with the rock when in reality, the building you should be concerned with is the one you're priced out of the one that's sure. filled that the lower bowl is filled with all suits and that you can't go to those games. That's the arena you should be worried about. Not ours. Right. You can't even argue with those people there because nobody no. gives a shit. I yeah. mean, we were there for the playoffs and you know, we were loud and boisterous and stuff and nobody says anything to you. It's a, it's, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Well, well, so I had posted on Twitter or, or whatever, maybe I brought it up on here that I want to try to get a group of devils fans 
And I tried, I actually reached out to the other Devils podcast and I wanted them to bring it up on their podcast too. And they're like, it doesn't have to do anything with, has nothing to do with the trap. This is about just being Devils fans and a community coming together. We don't have as many fans as the Rangers, no doubt about it. But the first game that the Devils played in Madison Square Garden last year, a shit ton of Devils fans showed up and we were pretty loud and we were very outspoken. We were, I think we were excited to see how many of us had shown up and crossed over the river and went over there and actually paid for tickets at the garden. But March 11th, the Devils play at the garden and I encourage everybody to get together and make that trip into the city and hope, you know, by that time the Devils should be, it could be a completely different team. We're going to be healthy, hopefully. And, um, the Rangers are playing their best hockey right now, but it doesn't take a, you know it doesn't take that many Devils fans to show up and, and create a scene over there. So I encourage everybody to, and there's enough time to where you could save for tickets and you can make it a priority and you could put you know mark your calendar. So I hope that um, I hope that fans are able to uh, to make it to that because I'm going to be headed that way. What if, um, what if we, on March 11th? What, if what do had, you think it would cost to get onto the ice? You'd have to buy group tickets. No, it's a group. Idea. It's groups tickets. So yeah. it's like it's like if you're buying a hundred tickets for everybody together, then you're able to do certain stuff like that, you know. And it's pretty common, I guess. But either way, just the thought of right. Ranger fans like sitting around the Devils logo, like why would you even want to do that? Like I don't, I don't know. But so you're going to Philly next week, right? I am going to Philly next week. Uh, I'm tickets are pretty cheap. I think. I would I I think we're going to see a lot of Devils fans there. But what I was going to say after about what you said the Rangers game, what if we had a uh, a trap meetup outside Madison Square Garden and uh, Patty Patty leads leads the chant outside Madison Square Garden. Ooh, do it, do, do it. What do you think? That could be good. <laughs> I'll bring the I'll bring the bring the I tin a, bucket. All right, you bring the bucket. <laughs> I got I got my hammer. Uh, yeah. What if we did What if we did that? Like, you know, let's spread the let's uh, keep talking about that for the next couple months. Yeah, we got to keep. Awesome. We'll keep. We'll keep uh, pounding the pavement with that. The Uncle Puckers did bring it up in their last episode, so uh, and that's what kind of made me think to to bring it up. So shout out to those guys. Um, what else? Yeah, so the pickle is going to be flying up on Friday for the game on uh, Black Friday, and then he's going to be going to the game Saturday. So, a couple of things, Dad. One. Keep in mind, it's going to be one of the busiest travel days of the year. Two, the Jets are playing at home at the same time as the Devils. So you're going to have a shit ton of people traveling to North Jersey at that time on top of the Thanksgiving traffic. Um, luckily, you're flying in, so you're just going to be yeah. able to. But I could, I, could walk, I could walk from North. No, I'm just saying you know, there's going to be people coming up from Florida, too, for the Dolphins. Right. They're playing the Dolphins. Um, but either way, uh, that's going to be interesting. And then you're going to be part of the high five line now that we've been talking about for, it feels like a month and we've yet to do. So what are you going to say, dad? I don't know, man. I'm going to have to think of something good. I'll try and, I'll try and say something respectable, not, uh, not threatening or out of line. Well, it's our team. Some, We're not standing in the other team's locker room, so you don't have no, to threaten. No, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> um, um, well, speaking, you haven't done that yet. You keep talking. I don't understand. You've been talking. So they wanted they wanted me to miss. They wanted me to miss the first ten minutes of, 
uh, of the or the second half of the first period because they wanted me to go down during the first intermission. And I said, oh, I'm not willing to do that. I just would rather watch the game than, than, you know, yell at a bunch of grown men walking off the ice. Didn't yell at Brendan Smith. (laughs) So speaking of of Brendan Smith, um, did you see the lineups in in practice for today? It looks good. Yes, I did. It looks like – Yes, I did. You know, Lindy looks like he may have, you know, he realizes – Colin Miller and Luke Hughes played really well together. He has them on the bottom pairing. He moved ball back up with Marino and Siegenthaler and Hamilton. You got Halla and um, you got Halla and Palat back for practice. I'm still not positive about whether Halla should be a center or not. So um, that Halla Hughes Lazar line looks a little strange to me, but either way, I want to just congratulate Lindy Ruff and say that I approve of your your your. At least you have the right people on the ice, and it's like so. Um, I don't want to. I've complained about Lindy Ruff enough to where when he puts the right people out there, I want to um, you know congratulate him. So uh, thank you uh, from all of us and. Um, really? So he's got – I'm actually curious to see Palat, McLeod, Holtz. That could be a pretty good line. And then he has Heischer on the fourth line with Max Willman and Bastion. So Heischer is not going to play. He is making the trip to Detroit. He's been on the ice for practice the last two practices. We talked about it on the last episode. Concussions are a weird thing. They could linger. You never know what's going to happen. They had no timetable for him. I was concerned that this was going to be a long-term thing. To see him out there, he's not wearing a non-contact jersey. I think people that his teammates are happy to see him. He is a he's the captain of the team. I mean, he's a leader. He's a good guy to have around and to see him taking the trip with the team even though he's not going to be playing, I still think is important for the psyche of the team. And the team has definitely played harder and been ready to play the past two games. They've gone one and one. It was a heartbreaking loss on Saturday, but I think the team is starting to turn a corner a little bit. And if Hughes is completely healthy and he looked great the other night, and if Heischer's going to come back over the weekend when you have two home games possibly, I think the Devils are headed in the right direction, especially if Smith is going to be the odd man out and the way that Colin Miller looked on the back end. Those are a lot of improvements to this team. Um, What do you think he does – what do you think the goaltending situation is going to look like? Who do you think he plays? You have a game tomorrow night, you have a game on Black Friday, and you have a game Saturday. What do you think that that situation looks like um, over the course of the weekend, Patty? I think he's going to go Vitek, Schmid, Vitek. Uh, that's- I think so, too. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it's the right choice. I don't know if it's the right choice. I don't know if he should go the other way around just to get Akira the the start. I mean, the guy's got you got to get him between the pipes. He's got to play some games. It doesn't. It's like we say. I don't know if it's the right answer, but I don't know what is the right answer at this point. It's right. It's, just, it's not like there's a big gap in between those no. guys where one guy's that much performing right now, that much better than the other guy. Yeah. So our goals saved above average. We're ranked 30th in the NHL right now. 
And um, you look at what Edmonton is trying to do. They are trying to land themselves a goalie. They're not giving up on their season. They're too talented. They've got rid of Jay Woodcroft, and it looks like they're going after John Gibson, and they're also trying to go after Jordan Binghamton. And I think both of those would be a huge upgrade for them in net. Um, and I'm, I don't think the Devils are in that situation yet, but um, let's give it a couple more weeks and see where we're at. I think you're going to have to get more looks at, at VTech or at um, Schmid. You know, we have Detroit tomorrow. And then on Friday, we have Columbus. And Columbus is just floundering. They've lost nine games in a row. I think it's nine in a row at this point. They did. And it's yeah. started back in the offseason with Mike Babcock. And you look at what they're doing as far as they've benched Johnny Gaudreau. They healthy scratch Patrick Line the other night. Now, Patrick Line is a very polarizing figure, super talented. You want to talk about, Dad, you're a real size queen over there. You're into big dudes. Nobody plays. Yeah, that's right. Nobody. nobody. <laughs> he's 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 a he's a nutty kind of dude. Though. No, he yeah, doesn't play big at all is what I'm saying. Right. And he is a constant. He's like he's this one of the softest guys there is. And he's a mental midget and a mental little person. Um, but I think um you know, you talk about him being healthy scratch, and today he said that him being healthy scratch was the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to him in his career. And I started laughing because, dude, your coach had to tell you in Winnipeg that you are not allowed to play Fortnite anymore. Right, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. You're a grown man. You're. <laughs> it's like, and 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 you got basically booed out of Winnipeg. And you grew the weirdest beard I've ever seen a playoff <laughs> player ever have. You looked like an old, like, you know, an old uh, uh, Amish man, Brother Hezekiah. Um, <laughs> but it's like Patrick Line is just such a clown and he can't get things right. I think the Devils are going to have an opportunity to really put it on Columbus. We're in, needs, we're in need of a couple wins. we got to string some together. This would be the perfect opportunity to really hammer it home. One of the things I am a little disappointed about is Damon Severson just got injured. He's going to be out for a while. So he's not right, going to be there right. to receive this video <clears throat> tribute. And, like, I know a lot of people hate on Damon Severson, but I would have liked to have seen him get the respect that he deserves for being on this team and dealing, and, you know, dealing with all the bullshit on being such a bad team for so long. Um, so I don't know. What do you think? I'd like to believe – I think he'll still be in yeah. the building, right? You think he'll still be in the I building? Want, I think they'd still do something. I him. wanted to talk about this a little because um, I don't believe that the devil, that even the Devils fans that didn't like Damon Severson would try to ruin that moment for him. And if you do, if you were to boo him during that moment, you're an asshole. You're, they, you're not, yeah, yeah, you're a bad, exactly. you're a shitty you're, person. You're a bad person. Yeah. You didn't put a team yeah, around that. He didn't uh, never had a real team around I was him. always a Damon Severson defender. Uh, I think he was a good defender on a lot of lot of very, very bad devil's teams. And he really got the shit under the stick. Um, and he, de- he deserved to see this team uh, do what they did last year and deserve to be a part of that. And uh, I, I actually hope that they don't, 
do the video tribute on Friday. Me too. I hope they wait for him to be playing. I mean, we got what seven more years of his contract, so he'll be back. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're if you have any intentions of booing Damon Severson on Friday, like please just don't come. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. a dick. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I, I don't want to see him do it if he's not suited up, because that's something that you want him on the bench, and um, he's earned that right. And there's no rush. We're going to play them again this season uh, in Jersey. But, um, yeah, it's about to, you know, you start to look at the schedule and we're about to start having some games more regularly. Dad, you keep bringing it up how you feel like you have to wait a million years for them to play again. Well, we have, you know, three games in the next four nights. And then you have uh, the Islanders at home, which is always a good one. Thursday uh, on a Tuesday, then Thursday they play Philly. And then if you look at the month of December, we play a lot. It's like pretty much every other night. So we're going to get we're going to get a lot of looks um, and we're going to have a West Coast road trip. So and then you have a, a really sweet homestand that leads into Christmas, which is going to be cool. They play four home games in a row. So, um, Dad, I know you're going to be down in Florida, but that would be a week to come I up. Saw, yeah, I saw it. It's Christmas week. All the holiday weeks, they get the home games. Yeah. And their their um, next six games are are against, uh, I would say, below average teams. Uh, it, this is this right. is a opportunity for them, especially getting Nico back and Jack fully healthy, for them to maybe figure out the goaltending and put string together some points. Uh, there's really no excuse for them not to come away from this. Uh, six, six game uh, you, stretch. You kind of have to. You have to. Right. If yeah. they don't, you have to. Is I right. mean, what do they have? They have uh, at Detroit. That's tough. I mean, it's not as easy as I made it sound. But Columbus, Buff- but we're but no, but we're yeah. we're favored in that yeah, game. We should, we should be able to beat Detroit. They're better. Uh, Detroit, Columbus, Buffalo, Islanders, Philly, and San Jose. You I mean especially those, especially those last three? Uh, yep. It's time to shit or get off the pot. Essentially, you know, they, they right. have to figure it out in these next six games. And there's really no excuse for them not to. You have to go, you have to get, you have to go four and two or get f- points in f- four or five games, at least in my opinion. Right. It's like, uh, I would say what the Islander game might be tough and the game tomorrow might be tough, but I feel like they have a lot of urgency going into tomorrow's game after dropping the game to the Rangers. And so I kind of think that they're going to win tomorrow. Um, So that's 12 available. You know, I'm 12 available points. Yeah. Uh, I think they got to walk away with 10. I was going to say nine. I was going to say nine or nine. Yes. Right. Yeah. I think tomorrow's the only game that I'm worried about because Nico's not going to be playing. I think if Nico comes back on Friday, I think it just changes the whole chemistry and gets everybody up. Um, I'd be worried about tomorrow. I am worried about tomorrow. No, Buffalo is pretty good. And I think the Island, the Islanders good. may have a new head coach by the 28th. And the Flyers have played pretty good too. But you should still win. Here's one thing. What happens in this game on Saturday when – Connor Clifton comes back to the Prudential Center after knocking Heischer out. I totally forgot about that. This would be a so time to, to like show what you're made I of. I didn't even know that. Well, I, th- I wasn't even thinking about it. Yeah, I know what I'm saying in the tunnel. 
Somebody kicked the shit out of Connor Clifton. It's like he's due. You like want to believe that they're that they have that in them, and they haven't shown it at all that they have the that they will go after somebody. Right. I, I think, think they, they will. Pay, all right, here. Pay that check. Here, let's do this. Let's all put in ten bucks okay. to make this interesting. Who goes after Connor Clifton? We're gonna call this the Connor Clifton TKO special. All right. Who do we have going after Connor Clifton? Um, you guys could just spit it out when you're ready. I'm going to think about th- this I'm for thinking, a second. Uh, I'm thinking too. There's obvious. There's obvious people that you know. You would think if if Smith gets on the ice that that it should be him. Um, but I'm not going to go with that. I'm going to go with Toffoli earns his stripes here, and he's the guy. I mean, you took him off his line, right? He was playing with. He was playing with Nico at the time. No, right? he was no. playing with. He's playing, he's playing with, with Hughes. Yeah. I think Toffoli. I think Toffoli's going to freaking take it upon himself to set the record straight. I'm. I don't know. I. It's not. It's not the most likely. Person. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm going to go with Eric Halla. I don't know why. That's a, yeah, that's, a, uh, that's a good one. Pres- he's a, because he's an all hard player. Uh, yeah, he's an all hard player. I think he will. Being the older guy will take the most offense to it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Eric Hall. What you got, Bill? I like it. I'm gonna go Mike McLeod. I, I mean that that's what I would like to see, but McLeod and Bashan have proven to right. me. I don't know why they won't drop the gloves. It kind of infuriates me. Yeah, it, it, it's either between to me it was either between McLeod or. I don't know. Maybe a pull I'd like to see Ball grab him and just beat him, beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? You know what we could do? He's going to have a lot of friends and family there. <laughs> Maybe we could fight in the stands and we could really get the team going and kind of, you know, get a little fan player interaction going. <laughs> do you think do you think you could trade in that uh, that line those line tickets to go over to the other side? I mean, I could take care of it. Yeah, what it- <laughs> you, know, you know what I never realized is uh, that I yeah. I played sports against Connor Clifton growing up. I, I, until, until that hit happened, I never, cause I went to Red Bank Catholic. I had no idea he was a CBA guy until after, and we're the same age. I had no idea he was a CBA guy. until after the eco hit. Yeah. Really? More, you know, that's crazy. You know, what's crazy is uh, one of our buddies, a guy who listens to the podcast, who was a really awesome hockey player that we grew up with. Sean Matthews. He lives out in Colorado now, but he he's lived in Jersey his whole life. He played against Sidney Crosby. That's pretty badass. Yeah. Um, and of course, Jack Walcheson played against some really cool people too, Steve Stamkos and stuff. But, um, yo, first of all, your North Texas pick, money, and then what was the pick? The pick before that was what. Uh, I forget. Oh, like my college football picks. The pick before that was Fresno State. So we're we're two on a Fresno. Yes, football picks. You are undefeated on college football, and I tell you what, 
the trap has gone on a little bit of a heater right here. So since the first week we were one and two, I've been 13 and six. It's pretty good. A lot of money. So we're going to do billion dollar picks for our uncle. Um, what is his name? Phil Mickelson. Uncle Phil. Uh, uncle Philly. Uncle Philly, my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. Oh, jeez. All right. I got some beef to pick with the, and this is, this is healthy beef. This is beef amongst friends. The Uncle Pucker said that they didn't like the Sopranos. There was four dudes from Jersey who said that they don't like the Sopranos. They got no class. You know why? <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on. We're better than that. You, you know why? Why? The Uncle Puckers why? are South the Uncle Puckers are South Jersey guys. They're from Tom's River. I grew up in Tom's River. You're a South Jersey guy, ah. too. <laughs> People say that. You're, oh, is, you're, is Monmouth County. Line is 195. Yeah, they're like, the oh, you're south of the Mason-Dixon line. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll get into, uh, like I said, we're on a we're on a serious uh, streak here. We're 14 and 8, and we're in the plus. We're 218 units up, and uh, I got three picks. There's a ton of games tomorrow. There's like 20 or uh, – no, there can't be 20 games. There's 20 teams playing or 22 teams <laughs> and, playing. And none tonight. There's not a single game on tonight. I know. Yeah, I don't understand what's going what on. Um, all right. So here we go. It was fun watching the Rangers lose last night. Yeah. I tell you what, Shesterkin is a little rusty for sure. Yeah. And rightfully, yeah, I mean, sure. you know. Now, now my father loves Shesterkin because he looked out for Thomas Nosek after no, he got knocked I don't, the fuck I, out. Trust me, I, <laughs> he wear he wears a blue jersey. I hate him. But, it turns um, out it turns out he's a decent human being. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you know what? He just I thought that that was oh after he after he stood over Timo Meyer during when he got knocked out in the playoffs. I'm just saying he. I thought it was the right thing to do. I think he's I think he's spineless. And I don't think he has any class. I think he's got no heart. I think he I think he gets rattled. I like that. Okay, so let's hop into it. Um I got three picks for you. The first one, I like the Chicago Blackhawks going into Columbus tomorrow. And it's plus money. The value's good. It's plus one twenty four. Columbus sucks. Now they're now without Damon Severson. Um, Line is a problem. Gaudreau's a problem. That team is imploding. Um, and I think that Chicago's actually played pretty good despite having nobody on their team. I like the kid Porchinski that plays um, uh, defense, the rookie, number 55. He's looked really good. And Bedard uh, continues to impress. Give me Chicago. Uh, straight up plus 124. The second one I have is Carolina versus Edmonton over 6.5 goals. Obviously, Edmonton can't defend. They have Darnell Nurse signed to this big contract. He has not lived up to the hype. He looked good at one point, but they don't have goaltending. Um, and Carolina has been a little leaky too. They are not as shut down as they have been in previous years. The over is 6.5. I'm taking the over in that. And then the last pick, I'm turning into my father. 
I'm taking the New Jersey Devils to beat the Detroit Red Wings on the road, minus 155. I feel like Nico is going to be with the team. I feel like the team is happy about the way that they've played the last two games. And I think that this could be a springboard into a little winning streak here. If the Devils can win, we talked about it. If the Devils can win on the road uh, on Wednesday, they have uh, very favorable matchups moving on for the next, you know, what was it, five or six games? So give me the Devils minus 155. Chicago at Columbus, Carolina, Edmonton over 6.5, and the Devils uh, money line minus 155. Mr. Patty Shambro, we have any Patty's picks or what? We got some Patty's picks. I decided this week we're going to steer away from the hockey picks because I suck at them. But we're uh, we're going to stick with the college football picks. You guys know I'm the college football guy. I got two for you this week. We're going USF for Charlotte minus six, and we are doing Fresno. Our boys, the Fresno State Bulldogs, uh, minus five and a half for San Diego State. Those are my locks for the week. Minus five and a half. Put it in. Yeah. I love these. Are you writing them down for the bookie? Yeah, I'm writing them down. Did I ever tell you about, yo, so I used to have a bookie who was like a kid I grew up with who was really kind of rough around the edges, and but was a good dude, and like we used to hang out in school and stuff. And uh, it was right before, it was right before, um, right when Nick Saban went to the University of Alabama. And I took at the beginning of the season – I put like 300 bucks down or something like that on Alabama to win the national championship before they went on this huge national championship run and became the Alabama that they used to be, you know, and uh, it hit and it, it, it was a lot of money. It was like over $10,000. And I was like, awesome. So I hit up my buddy and I'm like, dude, I'm like, we, you gotta, I need to get paid out. He's like, Oh, Bill, like, geez, nobody really puts in stuff like that. This is crazy. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, and I'm like, we're going to call him Frank. And I'm like, Frank, like, what are you talking about? Like, don't jerk me around. He's just like, no, nah, man, you know, you know, times are tough and blah, 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 blah. And now I'm playing the bookie role <laughs> to where I'm like, listen, give me my money. Blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, he like runs like a garbage company and all this stuff. Right. So he's like, I'll pick up your garbage for free. And I'm like, listen, I don't need you picking up my garbage for free. I just want my cash, right? So he's like, can you can I go on a payment plan? I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm like, just whatever. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, at the time, I'm dating my wife for the right, and she's living at my house, and he's we set up this payment plan, and I I don't tell her. So we're set up this payment plan to where he's going to drop off an envelope with like 500 bucks in it. And he's just going to put it in the, um, he's going to put it in the grill in the backyard. So I'm like, all right. So he starts pulling up to the house like once or twice a week in a garbage truck. And then he gets out and then he walks into my backyard <laughs> and he's like a big, like, oh my and, and I'm like, and Adrian's like, Bill, there's this like scary guy in the backyard who goes into the grill and like, what is going on? <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, he owes me a couple of bucks. She's like, it's weird. Like the neighbors see the garbage truck keeps pulling up. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. So funny. yeah, so uh, yeah, he wouldn't like these. Uh, he wouldn't like these Patty's picks. I can tell you that. 
but <laughs> um, it was good to see the Giants get a win this weekend. Uh, oh, that was, awesome. I mean, I don't know what we're rooting for anymore. I really don't. And what's what really, which is it's kind of relieving actually, is the Giants play the Eagles on Christmas Day. Right. That's not relieving. It is. Listen. So not like when any, your entire family is Eagles fans and they come to your house for Christmas dinner. Oh, geez. All right. Well, yeah, oh, we don't have, we don't have, wow, oh, that's take it easy, no, buddy. All right. Jeez. That. Like, <laughs> just saying, don't just throw me into that. You got to give me a heads up before we start recording about shit like that. Holy <laughs> shit. So here, listen, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> it's gotta be the only reason why you have balls enough to go watch the game in Philly. <laughs> Nah. Oh, they, nah. I'm not. I'm not. They're, they're, they're terrible. They're all bark. They're, they're all bark fans. and no bite. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> the next the next one is Patty in the in the chair with the neck brace on. The next, <laughs> he's coming out with his jump to conclusions map. <laughs> um, yeah, but usually, I mean, if the if the Giants were to play the Eagles on Christmas Day and they were to lose, it would completely ruin our Christmas. You know what I mean? So at least when we have no hope, we could like benefit from this to where it's not going to really bother us. Hey, we lose the game on Christmas. Hey, we're going to get a better draft pick, kids. You know what I mean? Like Santa's coming. So uh, that kind of that kind of works out for us. But um, yeah, we got a lot of Devils hockey coming up. Pickles coming up. Patty, what is your situation looking like um, as far as going to the games? You mean this weekend? Or just Are you able general? to do any? I can't do this weekend. I'll be out in El Paso for work uh, coming back Sunday morning. So I oh, that's right, Tex Mex. Yeah, I'll be eating some. I'll be eating some Tex Mex. Uh, I'm actually, I'm flying out Friday morning, so I get to spend Thanksgiving with the fam. But I'm doing UTEP versus Liberty uh, College Football on Saturday. It actually turned out to be a good game when I got the schedule. I was like, oh, that sucks. But Liberty actually is undefeated, so it's going to be a decent game. Um, but uh, college football is done after this, and I'm pretty much done working until the end of, uh, for the most part, until the end of December, until basketball season really kicks up. So December is really all, uh, for the most part, is all Devils games. I'll be going, hitting them up, maybe try to get a couple road games. and definitely doing Philly. I'm going to try to do Boston. Um but uh, yeah, other than that, the uh, Devils will control everything this December for me. That's that's awesome. We we went to, I went to Krug's for the first time the other day, and that was fun. And now I'm going to try to bring him to Krug's too. But he gets kind of like PTSD when we go anywhere in North besides the arena. Not Ironbound. Not Ironbound. Um, what'd you get, Bill? Did, did you? What'd you I'm get? Good down there. I got the burger. I got the burger, yeah. and so did my wife. Yeah, we got the burger, and we. It's a big burger. I'll oh, tell yeah. you that. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, Side of mayo. It, exactly. Yep. Um, so it was good. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to have you come up dad. And I think it's going to be so funny now that you're going to be up in the, in the aisle, you know, you're going to be up for the thing. We're going to, it's going to get weird for sure. Um, but that's all I got. I appreciate you guys, uh, hopping on on such short notice. I hope everybody has a wonderful, uh, Thanksgiving and everybody's, uh, family and friends and everybody are happy and healthy. So, um, to Patty, to the pickle, been listening to the trap podcast i am bill botch and we'll talk to you guys soon peace see you guys take it easy patty